0: Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to the second half of our 2021-22 NBA season preview here on the podcast. It should go without saying. Today we talk, you know, last time we talked about the Leaston Conference, the Eastern Conference. Today we're talking about the in Conference, which is the Western Conference, a conference which has three teams in it, which are supported by your three podcasters today. So welcome back to Adam and Daniel. How are you doing, guys?
1: fantastic and um this whole least conference thing may i just mention that the champions in the least beat the representative from the west last season
0: you don't why are you going to be like that why Uh, why Why? i'm trying to
1: talk up our conference i have multiple (laughs) posts that say go sons and say why
0: fair enough (laughs) fair enough enough. hey when you get up, when, when the Phoenix Suns beat a team, have a better team in the preseason that they've just knocked out of the playoffs, you just have to do a Western Conference pre- preview podcast recorded on that day. So, you know, I left your I left your Facebook page today, but you know, it won't be like that during the season.
1: Oh, it's a, it's okay. When we get um, to the let's get
0: straight to it because um, for those of us uh, who who got through the Eastern Conference. Uh, preview um congratulations um there might be people that are still through going the through it with the, longest, the longest podcast we've ever done on this podcast at uh, nearly two hours and 20 minutes so let's try and get through it today uh again i'll just recap for the uninitiated on Ichigo. that saying uh my podcast i'm sort of the boss so we go in reverse order of how i think the team's We'll go and we'll stick with what we did with the Eastern Conference, which is we'll ask we, we've got some questions that will help get some discussion going to try and keep things moving. But there are teams in the Western Conference that we actually want to talk about. So three hours, three and a half hours, who knows? I'm making no promises. But I'm going to start with uh, the team I've got ranked in the 15th spot. And I've uh, kept the faith with this uh, unit for quite a long time. But I've got them 15th, and it's pretty much their own doing. It's the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, do have an Aussie phenom projected to start a point guard for them in Josh Giddy. They've got Shea Gildas-Alexander, Darius Basley, and Derek Favors. as their starting lineup, there's barely a name on their bench that I recognize. They're uniquely placed in that they do not have a single player on their roster earning $10 million. A year this year no one earning 10 figures Derek Favors is the highest player at 9.7 million so flipping it around let's start with Adam today to get the first question when do Oklahoma City when do the Thunder start to improve
2: um
1: this is a tough one I I actually I I think they're 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 ready to start improving um Geez, the Western Conference is is the bottom half's pretty pretty ordinary when you look at it. Um, look, I, I think you're going to see a lot of improvement. This is a draft them all and see who 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 who's decent thing. There could be some could be some upsets. It could be some some fun, but I think we're going to start to see the formation of uh, of the future OKC in this um in this coming season. They've still got a gazillion draft picks too, so if it doesn't work, they just um, they just keep drafting and just throwing stuff into the pot until it until it boils, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Do they have, Does they it have more this
0: first round draft picks in their possession over the next five years than roster spots? Like yes. if they let like everyone go, it's yeah,
2: insane. like they can.
1: No, no, I'm saying they they keep throwing sh- stuff into the pot, and if it doesn't boil, and they, that like this. This group doesn't catch fire. They toss out the the ones that aren't performing and draft more first-rounders. Is
0: that the best they can do is in terms of well, it's
1: the, direction the use of their first-round
0: draft picks to just keep drafting guys until someone works? This could be the process 2.0. This could
1: this could be the new way to do things. I, I, which honestly, pieces do you think but Oklahoma right, you City- know, so So in defense of this approach... Hmm and we're going to get to the pointy end of the Western Conference in a few hours. Um, now, the bottom half here, what what are they trying to do? What is their goal? To To make 10th and jump into a playoff tournament? Or do you just keep rolling the dice so that once those teams at the top start to dwindle or slowly fall apart, you've got a really young, talented roster ready to go. And that, that might not be this season. Well, sorry, it won't be this season, but it could be in two or three seasons. And then they're still going to have those extra first rounders to add to whatever they've built. Now, it could go down the path of Boston where they never really figure it out, and then they get into the playoffs and then just slowly taper off. But I I just think it'll be exciting to see them just roll the dice with practically a different lineup every second night, because there, there's no there's no fundamental star there, and it's there for the taking. It's sort of like a, the challenge has been laid for all these these youngsters. It's it's interesting. I don't know if it's logical, but it's unprecedented. That and that and isn't that exciting though? it's a, a sport that's been going. You know what? What is this? We're we're celebrating. Is it seventy five years of the NBA this season?
2: Yeah, Unless to get something a...
1: unprecedented in the way they're doing things is is fantastic.
0: We're we're celebrating seventy five years. If you're a LeBron stan, you're celebrating like nineteen years. Um <laughs> Can what? I mean, it is unprecedented. At some stage, we'll expect the Oklahoma City Thunder to to turn the corner and start packaging these picks marginal stars with first round draft picks to upgrade on those players they've got yeah. they've got an insane amount of cap room and an insane amount of draft picks and they can pretty much accommodate anybody's recovery mission to their own benefit so um quick question Dan yeah um how many of how many Oklahoma City Thunder players that they have now uh, in their next Western Conference Finals team. <laughs> What's the that's... over/under? Just, this is getting rather specific. But is, 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 if I gave you an over/under of one and a half, to right, there'll be, to pick the over you'll say more than two or more, or one or the under. Which one would? Which one would you think?
3: Uh, I'd go with the under. I think they've got some really good um like, you know, Lugan's door is my spirit animal. I love him to bits. But he's super <laughs> he's super inefficient. He's like he's like short Ben Wallace, right? Who I always loved. You um, were you
0: were on the Ben Wallace bandwagon I was, before was. I I built the Ben as Wallace As early bandwagon. as Adam was on the Julius Randall bandwagon. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um yeah. That said though. It's like if I think about that roster and I think about the kind of construction you would need to get to a Western Conference finals, we're talking, you know, at least one super duper star or at least two proper stars. The only one who clearly has star potential at this point is SGA. And even then, you know, this season, you know, he's a young player, he's really good. If it wasn't so competitive, he'd probably be pushing for an all-star spot, but I'm not convinced he'll get there this season with the competition. And he's their best player, and it's not close, right? Um, I have a feeling that Dort is going to end up being the type of guy that's so good at what he does, um, but limited in the breadth of what he does. He's going to end up having one of those contracts that is eminently tradable, and that is exactly what's probably going to need to happen for them to get good enough to get into the Western Conference Finals. And the other guys, I mean, I had to look most of these guys up. Most of them I haven't heard of. I mean, Giddy, I, I know about, but he's 18. He's 18, he's raw, he doesn't really have a, an NBA body yet. He'll grow into something. He has a lot of potential, but he's not going to be there for a while. Mm. And by the time he gets there, is he going to be a piece? So is he okay, be so, centerpiece.
1: So what about what about Josh Giddy? Let's let's use that as the example. Is this his best opportunity to show what he's got? Is this canvas, this whatever OKC is? Is this his opportunity? Is this the best opportunity a young player like Josh Giddy has?
0: I don't I think... know if there's a better opportunity for him. Yeah, would mm-hmm. be situations that would be very similar.
3: And similar choice. Probably... Sure.
2: Yeah. The, the fact Orlando
3: would be one of them. But
2: yeah, I mean, look, the fact is he's right. a
3: he's a what six eight passing mm-hmm. wizard. Yeah, right. He has played point guard. He'll play, you know, he'll play point forward in the NBA, most likely, particularly if he bulks up a little bit. But he's young, he's slight. He's got, you know, he's got an elite scorer on that team who plays kind of officially, plays point guard, but is more of a scorer. He'll have a chance to show stuff and even bad teams score heaps of points and they have to get those, they have to create those shots somehow. So I think he'll have, certainly have a chance to show his play, showcase his playmaking. Um, and if they're not playing in a, in a well oil structured and drilled offense um his creativity uh as a playmaker is going to have a chance to show as uh, to shine as well so i mean i think mm. he does have a good opportunity but i wonder whether the eventual outcome of of um that ability to showcase his skills is going to be that he's going to become an appealing piece to move to get better at some I, point i think mm. i think you're missing the real advantage of josh
0: kitty in the nba and that is if an NBA team decides to implement the shuffle offense, he'll be uniquely – he'll just ask the old man, Warwick, how to take care of that. So just a little shout out to all the old Tigers fans out there, and I'll just pull one out for you guys. Um, quick one-word answer for this year, Other Oklahoma City Thunder finishing higher than 15th in the Western Conference? Daniel? Uh, no. Yes. Adam? Yes. 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 Adam's got a team worse than Oklahoma City in the Western Conference. So there was, a team I, to...
3: there was a team I thought about putting uh putting behind them, but I changed my mind.
0: Whoa. Well, I'm gonna you guess like
1: some... you, you like
3: your T Wolves too much? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: I'm gonna guess it was the team I had fourteenth, and that was the Houston Rockets. That is the team, yes. Yeah. So they're Starting lineup is currently projected to be Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, Eric Gordon, Daniel House, and Christian Wood. Um, they have DJ Augustine, Dante Exum, who should benefit from the Olympic experience and Daniel Tice on the bench, but not a lot else I can recognize other than, of course, $44 million of John Wall, um, who we don't know what's going to happen with, with that contract or with him. um, my question to you, Daniel, is the Houston Rockets were relevant for a really long time. We grew up in the nineties with a really relevant Houston Rockets, and then they weren't down they weren't down for long. And then there was the Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming rockets, and then the James Harden rockets. So my question to you is that the rockets are now irrelevant.
3: How long does it take them to become relevant again? Well, I guess it depends on The threshold of relevance. Are we talking about being a playoff contender? Are we talking about being a title contender? I don't see them becoming a title contender anytime soon. But the thing is, they've actually got some guys with really high ceilings. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. has shown that, as troubled as he has been off the court, that when he can put it all together, he can drop 50 in a game. He's not a scrub. He's maybe a bit of a head case, but he's not a scrub. And you know Jalen Green ha, uh, in a very like a, a celebrated draft going in at least, is regarded by some as the most talented player in it, right? Um, he won't reach that he won't reach that potential this season or next season or probably the season after, but because he's raw. But he has a lot of potential if those guys are able to put it together, you know Christian Wood is another guy. He's talented. Um, the only problems people have had with him are off the court. Now they have been potentially serious problems. They've also got some decent guys off the bench, you know. Um, DJ is a serviceable backup. Kenyon Martin Jr. has a certain um fraction of his old man's um of his old man's um grit. And So, you know, like in terms of playoff contention, and again, like the threshold for relevance is lower now because of the play-in, which seems to be here to stay. You only have to see 10th to be a chance for the playoffs. Now, we might not all like that. I'm looking at you, Andrew. But nevertheless, nevertheless, it is still the truth that you only need to hit 10th to have a chance to get in. Can I see them being relevant to hit 10th? And even if they lose in the play-in, you know, meeting that, minimal threshold of relevance i can see that happening i can see it happening within the next five years i can see it happening five years uh, that's a wait. um it's a wait, but it's not it's not um i'm in a deep dark mile deep hole with no uh, where i can't see daylight you know um there's there's potential here it's just that they've got raw prospects that need some time to cook adam you've got a couple of
0: questionable character guys or questionable off-field off-court guys with the Houston Rockets, and also what has been for the last few years pretty dysfunctional franchise in the front office. Why would that combination work when it never ever really worked in, particularly the NBA, but pretty much anywhere in the sports world?
1: Um, it, it, why would it? That's a good yeah. question. Yeah, well, it's not a good question. it's, it's, it's not. <laughs> There's a reason we've got Houston. At 14, and some of us have them at 15. And some of us are you, Adam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, considering there's a press on for us for brevity, we might just leave Houston there, but I guess...
1: I, I think I think this year is the year to, that we will hear the, the, the phrase, Houston, we have a problem, frequently.
0: <laughs> Fair anyway. enough. It'd be interesting to see if they can do anything with John Wall whether he plays, whether... Because they'll be a better team if he plays. They can but... waive
1: him. They, they're, they're allowed to do that, aren't yeah.
0: they? Yeah, but they're still going to pay him. Yeah. So, and it's at $44 million. At least it's not the wild bang, hey. I guess not, but, you know. <laughs> that is the worst two teams on my list in the in the Western Conference. Coming at the 13th slot in my prediction is Daniels, Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, we just mentioned two teams that don't have a whole lot of salary other than John Wall at Houston. And this is the Timberwolves' starting lineup is D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, and Carl Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, both at $30 million plus on the books. They've got Patrick Beverly from last year's Los Angeles Clippers, so um, that's something to be noted. Josh Kogi, Turian Prince. My question to you, Adam, is: There's some talent. They're, you know, the form. You know, the number one draft pick from a year ago, Anthony Edwards. The number one draft pick from more than a few, more than a couple of years ago, Carl Anthony Towns. Angela Russell, and the number two pick. These are guys who've produced numbers in the NBA. They've got talent. They're not old. None of those guys are past the halfway park, mark, park Halfway mark of their careers might seem like an odd one. Is can we trust? the Minnesota Timberwolves to show sufficient patience with this group so that they can sort of maybe develop a chemistry and find a way uh, to become successful because certainly one team that we haven't talked about the Western conference
1: less talented and maybe a few more. Oh, this is, uh, I, I, I mean, yeah, we probably want me to answer this, not Dan. Um, Dan can probably go into more detail about how impatient Minnesota have been over the years. Um, and and unfortunately, my my answer to this is no, no, they they can't. They can't help themselves. They see a glimmer of hope. they see a tiny bit of potential, and they they go all in. They think now's the time to win, we need to make moves, we need to do this, that, and the other. And then it doesn't work after three games and they want to blow up the roster, except for the, the immovable Carl, Carl Anthony towns. It's, it's he's the only one they've been patient with. And it's getting to a point where is, is that the right call? Like, I know they haven't got much else, but I don't know. I don't know where Minnesota goes from here. I feel like they keep digging themselves deeper and deeper into this hole. Um, yeah, and and I in in today's win now NBA, um, I I really think the the Timberwolves, yeah, they're they they're, they're, they're going to struggle, which is why I I was applauding OKC for sort of doing something different. Anyway, Dan, I
0: don't have a follow up question to related to that, Daniel, but you have the floor. <laughs>
3: Ah, T-Wolves, T-Wolves, T-Wolves. Let it uh, out, mate. Let it out. <laughs> the worst US franchise of all time in any sport. It's quite an achievement. It might not be the one I wanted for us, but it's the one we've got. We've got an on-court gunner in D'Angelo Russell, an off-court gunner in Malik Beasley, still, uh, I believe, on probation for those Ooh. firearms offences. Um, I... I've I've joked before that the T-walls are, are, are sort of nice to me and that they never allow me to feel enough hope to be that crushingly disappointed when they're, again, terrible. Um, can they be patient enough? Hell no, they can't. On the other hand, their options for um, living that impatience are a bit limited. They don't have mm. a lot of room for movement at the moment. Um, you know, there was a while there where there were these persistent rumours that somehow... Um, They'd be able to trade for Simmons and that was partly about who was, you know, our I forget his title, president of basketball operations, general manager, whatever Rosas was, because he had that relationship with Maury and while no one could work out what deal they would actually think about, now Rosas is gone and there isn't even that. So I I really don't have much hope for this group. I think they have enough raw talent that they're probably not going to be last unless they're really actively trying for that, which they might be. Um, they weren't quite bad enough or at least not quite lucky enough after being bad enough last season to actually keep their pick. Um, you know, to think we could have had another athletic raw athletic prospect in Kaminga if we drafted the same people that the, the Warriors ended up taking with that pick that could have been ours. Mm. Um, or, you know... Wiggins, who turned out to be a player after he, after he left. Um, so yeah. I can remember when the Wiggins, um,
0: Russell trade happened, we all thought that, um, Minnesota had done better out of that
2: trade.
3: I was, it was I like was like the instant reaction. Uh, yeah. I was cheering louder than anyone because I thought, you know, at least Russell's consistently good at one end. Um, whereas, you know, Wiggins wasn't consistently good at anything, um, yeah. So yeah, look, it's a it's a not a season full of much hope. I've gotten a bit sick of watching Cat, even though he is a really elite shooter, like elite enough that he's not just good for a big guy. He's just a good shooter. What they kind of need is someone who can actually play some semblance of defense. I wonder about you know like they picked up P Bev and Torian Prince in the off season. I wonder if either of those guys will be able to help a bit at that end. But you know. Pat Bev is not what he used to be. um, And he's probably not going to play a whole Mm. lot. Um, You know, if we had been able to get a player like Simmons and he was actually trying, he'd be great for us in the regular season, but I don't think we're going to be able to get him. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of depressing, yet again. I I think I'm going to be focusing on some players I like this season more so than I am my team. (laughs) Ah, well. Um, at least we'll get some highlight uh, dunks from Anthony Edwards. It's That's it's it. been it's been
0: two, three, four years of drastic change in the world in the NBA. So it's nice to have a little bit of reliable certainty, <laughs> and we're getting it from <laughs> the middle. Don't you Campbell. love it
1: when Phoenix start winning games? How? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I would have made that. Smug I would have made mode.
0: that quip. I would have made that quip regardless. Yeah, true. Mode. This is true. Yep. Um. Another one of those changes has been how we treat our next team, the number 12 team, a team that Adam and I went back and forth while Adam hung on vainly to the hope, which came true more often than not, that they would keep making the playoffs. Number 12 team I have at the moment is the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Whoever made the playoffs the last two seasons, and it looks like um, the, the halcyon days of pop and Timmy and Manu and Tony Parker and all the others are, are, are well and truly behind them. Their starting line projected to be DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, Kelden Johnson and Jacob Putel. Uh They have no longer have LaMarcus Aldridge. They no longer have DeMar DeRozan. They do have Jock Lansdale, who managed to play himself into an NBA contract during the Olympics. So um, congrats there to Jock. Um, who is in the starting line for the Boomers? My question to Daniel on the Spurs: We got, I've got them twelve. Um, basically, because Greg Popovich is their coach, am I giving Pop too much credit? Is this like what for? for and you, you, in my AFL preview pod, I had Hawthorne above Essendon at the start of the season, and my question to CJ was: I, Was I just was there like a Clarko tax? It was just the coach paying too much respect to the coach rather than? what the cattle was and I guess it's the same question for the Spurs. Should they be lower? And I'm just, I'm just, it's just the
3: pop tab, just pumping them up a couple of spots because pops aren't there. Well, I mean, it's not like you put them in the playoffs, like not straight. Yeah. You didn't put, it's not like you put them in the playoffs. Are you giving pop too much credit? No, I don't think so. I mean, he, he's shown time and again, because remember, it's not, he's not just a coach either. He's been, he's, largely responsible for much of this roster um he's um you know mentored a lot of the team he has a lot of uh, influence in player movement um a lot of influence in draft strategy um and a very consistent track record yes i mean anyone who'd had the number one pick that year would have taken tim duncan but the same can't be said of all of those hits um Not everyone would have taken and uh, not not everyone recognised how good Kawhi Leonard was going to be. Um, And even though things ended badly with them, um, not before um, Kawhi showed how good he could be. Um, Honestly, I think they're they're an unselfish group. Um, They've got some, you know, some good double-figure scorers in there. Um, They're not going to, you know... Um, blow anyone's socks off. But they're a really good system team, and the person most responsible for that system is Pop. Um, they're not mm. contending for a championship. They're probably not contending for the playoffs now or within the next few seasons, but they also have a pretty strong history of playing a bit above what you expect just based on looking at the roster and kind mm. of, you know, totting up the talent they've got. Um, they're good. But yeah, at... I should. I should mention, they
0: also have Doug McDermott, Thad Young, Al Rucamino, and Zach Collins on their roster. So, there's names who have had relevant NBA moments in the past. They've, so, they've, um, I'm going to they've... sell them too short. What round of the playoffs are they getting knocked
1: out of, Adam? Sorry? <laughs> Sorry? What round of the playoffs do you have them getting knocked out of? Um, I actually have them lower than you do this year. How's that? What? <laughs> Not by a lot. But I have them. Um, I have I have them down at the dogs table. and cats living together total chaos.
0: Um, I don't
1: think it's Pop's fault, and um, I think I think I jumped off I jumped off the Spurs the moment Patty Mills signed with uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> Not really, no. Um, look, Pop's gonna be one of the greatest coaches of all time. Nothing is gonna taint that legacy. But he, as Dan said, they're just going to be consistent. They've got a great system. Um, they install that system so well. They will play above expectation. But the Western Conference is far too competitive at the moment. And, um, look, happy to see the Spurs upset a few teams on any given night. But, um, yeah, yeah. I I think they're in the um, the part of the Western Conference where, I don't know. It's kind of like nobody really cares. Come playoff time.
0: Fair enough. They're they're playing the. They're playing you off in terms of the Spurs, and that was the. Let's stop talking about San Antonio, and there's not. There is. There is more to talk about. There are good teams to talk about. Number eleven. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the number eleven team on this list is a good team to talk about. That's the Sacramento Kings. Who seem to be always around this year? Uh, projected starting lineup: Aaron Heald, Mo Harkless, Harrison Barnes, and Richwan Holmes. Uh, they have Marvin Bagley. They have Tyrese talley They have Tristan Thompson and Alex Len. They've got some big men on their roster. Um, some of Davin Mitchell, the backup point guard.
1: Um,
0: a lot of pieces there. And it just seems like something's about to happen. So my question, Adam, is to you. Mm -hmm. When does Sacramento push all their chips in the middle of the table? Because the move's going to happen. It's going to happen at some stage. You think they are? I want to get healed out of the way for Halliburton. Mm -hmm. Get him more minutes. Harrison Barnes looks nice and shiny for a team that's a short... Passed away from a championship roster. When does it happen? When does it finally bite the bullet and just like, okay, we gotta we to try and go one way or the other way instead of being everyone's eleventh pick every year.
2: Hmm.
1: How do I answer this? I just don't think they know how to go all in. You, like, there was. I'm kind of glad we didn't end up with with Buddy Buddy healed for was it Kuzma.
0: I think it was the deal that was being offered.
1: And then all of a sudden two, we post, they, post the the
0: deal ended up in the Westbrook deal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but they 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 just can't pull the trigger on it. They need to realize that when the, when, when opportunity knocks, they've got to make a call on it, not um yep. and R ah and leave that offer sit there on the table until until somebody else goes, no, here's a different offer. Let's go. Fair enough. Is there anyone on this roster, Daniel, who would be like,
0: you would regret it five minutes after you traded them, regardless of what you got back?
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton.
0: Tyrese Halliburton. So <laughs> throw out the salaries. Tyrese Halliburton for Ben Simmons straight up. And you're saying, you're GM, GM of the Sacramento Kings, and you know the salary cap doesn't exist anymore. Uh, you're you're just hanging up the phone.
3: Well, I mean, if we're living in Lollipop Lane, we can have that conversation, but that's not <laughs> afraid that anyone's going to get off it. Um, I mean, De'Aaron Fox is clearly the best player on the team. Um, There are questions about what he really brings to the team. He's kind of got the old, you know, pre-last season, certainly Zach Levine-style curse. People aren't really convinced that he's not an empty stats player. Tyrese Halliburton is, you know, maybe not on that same level, but on the other hand, he always does the right thing. And it's a hard to it's hard to overrate that trait. He can play either guard position. He's not a liability at either end of the court. He can fit into any lineup. I mean, he came into the league as a player that people thought was a point guard and might be a problem because Fox plays the same position. And he's been able to sub in seamlessly for Fox and Healed. And has been one of the immovable players. Like um, he has been requested in Simmons deals, and he's off the table. Fox and Halliburton are off the table. Heald has been considered, Barnes has been considered, but Halliburton is off the table. I I, I agree with you, actually. By the way, I just say mm. like, what I mean, and I agree with both of you. I think we're at
0: at the point Adams try to make is if the Sacramento King knew they would have done it already because they've got Mm. the contracts. They can they could get creative and bring someone in who could help them straight away add five to ten wins. But they're worried about oh, what happens if you know they shouldn't be worried about losing anyone on this roster except Halliburton.
3: Correct. Look, and they've got they've got a you know they've got a medium, if he was better, he'd be higher profile, but there's a, they've got a medium-high profile malcontent on their starting lineup in Bagley, right? Mm. You know, his dad's his dad's speaking to the press and talking about how they need to get him out of there because he wants to be somewhere else, and, you know, the fact is, I've been out on Bagley for a long time. He has never done what people mm. thought he could do. Nope. Um. And there are guys drafted below him that are a lot better than he is, and probably always will be a lot better than he is. So, Yeah, I mean, they're just a very, overall, they're like a pretty mediocre team. But they've got some, um, Halliburton is a high quality piece who would fit in and contribute on any team in the league.
2: Hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: they certainly have the building blocks to go go sort of in any direction in terms of try and make the playoffs that we're now with one move and, and achieve it. Or blow it all up, OKC style, oh, no. build around one fundamental building block. Who ended up, who has ended up in OKC being Gilgis Alexander, and would end up in this example with Sacramento being Halliburton. But instead, they're just not doing anything really important. So it's it's tinkering and and. That's um that's to their detriment, and just outside the play-in is where they will stay. I don't think anyone's too worried about what Sacramento are going to do this season, and it's been that way since Bibi, Christie, Devach, Stoyakovich, Weber. It's been a long time since they've been relevant, and that's you know it's past being a trend. Yeah, agreed. I'm moving on because they're depressing are um, a little
2: bit
0: you know there's a lot depressing and uh, this is this is this is official designation of excuse, excuse me you stop this bandwagon while i step off i've been a bandwagon in the last two years had to be the playoffs mm-hmm. the last two years and i've been burnt and that's it the t- team i've got the 10 spot is the new orleans pelicans at the moment, their projected starting lineup is Thomas Sadaransky, Devontae Graham, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valchounis. They got Jackson Hayes, they've got Josh Hart. Um a lot of talent there, a lot of a lot of a lot of sizable contracts. Obviously, they traded Steve Adams for Jonas. They brought in Graham, but and, and let Bled go. goes. They've turned those two. But my question to you, Daniel, is. Does this Pelicans roster make any more sense than
3: last year's Pelicans roster? I mean, it's an easy yes, but that's mostly because they made so little sense last season, right? It's a low bar. They made no sense to anyone except me in the preview pod when I talked about their roster construction. Making more sense than last season is a bar so low that you could lie on the ground and roll over it. No need to even step. Steven Adams and Zion. I guess we didn't know exactly what Zion's NBA game was going to be like. Not really. Um, But having seen it, um, Valentinus makes so much more sense than Adams did. Um, Valentinus has got a bit more range, a bit more just offensive game. He's got some skills there. Um, Ingram um, is a good scorer. He does need the ball in his hands a bit. Um, but Zion, this this idea, this point Zion game is a is one that was, um, you know, that the team sort of fell in love with a bit last season, and you know, essentially he's some of the surest, one of the surest um, people for two points in the league if you get him in the right spot. He's got that suddenness to him. He's a, a good playmaker, and they've replaced a pass first point point guard with a you know, a really good shooting point guard in uh, Devontae Graham. Um, I actually think their starting lineup isn't that bad. I mean, if Zion can stay healthy, but that's a big if. He just hurt his foot again in the pre or just either Uh. in the preseason or before the preseason. And we don't yet know how long he'll be out. Um, And, uh, you know, as long as Zion looks roughly the way he looks, lower body injuries are going to be a constant worry Um, that, you know, you never know when it's going to happen. When he's on. He's great, but if he's playing, you know, 50% of the season every year, um, there's a pretty low ceiling on how good his teams are going to be, even if he's the best player in history when he's on the court. Um, Their bench is not that strong. You know, they've got a, you know, I think there are some people who think that their rookie, Trey Murphy III, is promising, but he's still a rookie. On the balance, they lack depth. Um, but their starting lineup makes a lot more sense than their starting lineup last season did, um, and I think once Zion and Ingram can continue to learn how to play together, as long as they're both on the court, they both kind of want the ball. Um, yeah, so yeah, they make more sense than last season, but they're still not—they're still pretty shallow, I think, um, and that's going to put a real cap on how well they can do. And that's assuming Zion can stay healthy. Fair enough. He also, just, needs just, to go back, he also needs to go back to playing defense like he did in college. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> well, you know, players tend to
0: get the most out of themselves at Duke. Um, yeah, not everyone can get coached by Coach K. Um, who I think is, this, this next season is his last season. I uh, think he's been like there for 40 years. So um, that's remarkable. That's why I thought I'd remark about it. Yeah. <laughs> this just, just to check with you guys, because this is a quick answer. The Pelicans isn't a possible location, destination for Ben Simmons. You know, it's been 10 minutes since we talked about him, so I just want to bring him up again.
1: <laughs> um, like. All right. What do, you, what, do you, okay, what do you trade for him? Ingram and Murphy.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Nope. Not a hope in hell.
3: Okay. Ingram. I just think. Nah, Ingram's too good. Okay. Yeah, I, I second that. I don't think. um. I don't think that'll get a... I think I think the Pels... Scoring-wise, the they'd be minus what? Well, and the other thing is, just in terms of like a... Honestly, in terms of like a floor geometry thing, he and Zion can't play together. No way. Hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> Simmons and Zion. I yeah. have, well, may Imagine. as well call
1: Simmons Embiid. Um, I mean, Zion Embiid. Yeah. I have long-term doubts about
3: whether Brett Engram and Zion can work together. I think the Pels do as well, but that's <laughs> not the right trade. That's not the right trade. Fair enough, to,
0: but Ingram's at just under 30 million. And that's a, that's a, that's a small market. Yeah.
3: Um, no, I think he, I think he's going to be the piece they move probably, mm-hmm. but I don't think that's the move that they're going to make. Okay. Fair enough. I'm now,
0: as I mentioned, Jonas Valachunas is now on the New Orleans Pelicans. Last year, he was on the Memphis Grizzlies, Mm -hmm. right? So that's who I have nine. And I I just need someone that's explained to me. This is my question about the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Adam, why didn't they trade Jonas
1: Valanciunas? He was awesome last season. I think they're trying to get overs for him, honestly. So overs was Steven Adams? Yeah, maybe maybe they didn't quite. They... They thought it was the, the most No, they they thought he'd hit a peak and he wasn't yeah. he wasn't gonna be able to repeat it this season. I think he was playing above himself last season, but Yeah, but if he's hit a peak, Adams hit it earlier. Yeah, yeah, true, true. We all know that Adams has struggled to sort of also, do he's... anything without Westbrook.
0: Yeah, and Steven Adams is earning six, seven million dollars more
1: mm. than Jones.
0: I th- this is When I saw it, I couldn't understand it. And then I thought about it and I still couldn't understand it. Then I stopped thinking about it. Then I started thinking about it again. And it's months later and I still can't
1: understand it. I don't think anyone really understands it. I just – I think they didn't have faith in um, Jonas. Daniel, you want to have a crack at it? I just can't. I'm
3: literally shaking my head. Uh, It's it's a mystery to me. I I do Mm. have trouble working it out. I mean, was it the same trade – was it the same trade? I'm just trying to work out. It wasn't. It wasn't part of the Zaya Williams move, was it? I'm just. I'm. I. I'm, uh, great. He was that, traded. That wasn't. That wasn't how they got Zaya Williams, was it? Yeah, it was. So. So that's the reason I think. Um, I'm not sure that they're right. <laughs> but, but um, uh, I. I I, I believe I have read that they had great enthusiasm for Zaire Williams which not everyone shares but I think that was that was that was a big part of the value add for them they wanted that pick um Stephen Adams I'll tell you what I reckon um they also they got the rights to Murphy in that trade so
0: mm-hmm. yeah and this was the trade that Devonte Graham was involved in it was a three team trade so
3: it involved Bledsoe who then got Hunted along. Yeah. So I think there are a couple of things. One of them is that um, Stephen Adams is a player that has been at his most successful um, playing with um, an aggressive, high speed, um, high motor, single gear point guard. With this trade, he's with a very similar point guard. Um, like the main difference is that Morant doesn't really rebound, but there are a few ways in which he's, you know, he's been compared with, um, with uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, And I don't think it's a crazy comparison. He's not the rebounder that Westbrook is, but he plays with the same sort of reckless abandon and passion. And he's talented. He jumps high, he plays hard. Um, he does make some bad decisions. Um, but there's a, I think there's a reasonable chance that Adams is actually a better fit with him than he was, a far better fit with him than he was in New Orleans. I mean, I'm not arguing that it's not a bad move for Stephen Adams. Mm. I,
0: just, I think it's a great move for the Grizzlies. I just think when you've got two, a big guy and a little guy who, first of all, look like they enjoy playing with each other and to play well together... Don't mess with that. Build around that, and those two guys, those two pieces seem to fit. So it, it was just not. I didn't touch on the projected starting line for the reasons I've been doing it for every other team. So I'll do it. Jam around <laughs> the point. Dylan Brooks, carl Anderson, Jaron Jackson, and Stephen Adams. They've got. They were. They one of their strengths last year is they were sent. They were. They were really deep. Tyus Jones, uh Brandon Clark. They've added. Drafted Zaire Williams, or, or uh, got the rights to him. Um, they've added Chris Dunn, I believe. They got Jared Culver. so they've got they've, they've certainly got plenty of players. And but um, I mean, it, I, maybe maybe it's about upgrade, trying to upgrade defense as well.
2: Mm.
0: I mean, um, that's what I thought know. was going to happen to the Pelicans, and it, and it didn't happen. Obviously, the rest of the roster looks different. But um, they were in the playoffs last season. And I think Jazz probably gonna be better this season, and I don't have them in the playoffs this season. So that's it. I think I've got the same eight teams, one through eight, in the Western Conference. Mm Of course, Memphis took Golden State Warriors spot in the playoffs. So then I'm just Memphis fans. uh, Anybody, please just hop on the Facebook page. um, It's saying. Help on the post for, for this message yeah, fans. What about the, the, the Adams fans there? It. It. Well, it's going to be some. Other we'll than just ringing. Chris Vernon. Fair, well, uh, former Oklahoma City and Pelicans fans. Fair enough. Number eight. So whenever the actual playoffs, you know, let's you not know, worry about playing rubbish. Um, I've got the Portland Trailblazers in the number eight spot. I was big on them last season, the number of teams that, you know, have have burned me. Um, Projected starting lineup, they've got Danny Lillard and CJ McCollum. That's a $70 million annual payroll for that backcourt. Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. Bench, Anthony Simons, Tony Stell, Larry Nance Jr. they've added, Cody Zeller, uh, who was in Charlotte last season, I believe. Daniel, we seem to talk about this all the time in all the NBA punditry, but is 2021-22 finally the season that Portland blow it up?
1: Sorry, can I can I rephrase this before you Dan answers? Yeah. Is it finally Dame time? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Sorry, um, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do it. Um, I think the, I think that you know, Lillard has backed away from saying it's time to go, and I think he's going to stay there until he says he wants to go, uh, even if it's privately. Um, you know, he had a pretty full off season. I don't think he's ready to leave. They can talk themselves into a few things, you know. Nurkic spent a bit of time hurt. McCollum spent some time hurt. Powell is currently day to day. They they also acquired Larry Nance Jr., a really good defensive forward. I mean, even though they lost Mello, um, he's actually the kind of player that could help them in help them acquire a defensive identity they didn't have. Um, mm. If he ends up getting onto the court, I mean. A lot has been made of, of Robert Covington, who actually isn't a great individual defender, but he's a really, really good team defender. So you unlock Covington's um, Covington's defense by putting him uh, on the floor with other good team defenders and one or more good individual defenders. And Larry Jr. is a fantastic defender. Um, and the shooting of Lillard and McCollum allows you to have... Less effective offensive players on the floor, for other reasons. Mm. If they're good at, um, if they're good at setting screens, if they're good at um, defending the ball, that sort of thing, right? So assuming they're healthy, and I guess you can sort of apply that caveat to every team, particularly given what happened last season. But assuming they're healthy, I, I don't think they're bad enough to need to blow it up. And Lillard, I don't think is unhappy and wanting to leave enough them to do that for a while for a hot minute there before things turned into a tire fire or at least before they turned into the tire fire they are now i know there was some buzz about um cj for cj for simmons but that would be a pretty good return for simmons with his current value right now and uh portland's not looking to trade um not looking to do that i don't think and then they would have the problem like if they do trade CJ for a, a Simmons, they're going to start having some of the same sorts of problems that others have, uh, um, that, that Phillies had, in that um, they then lack some offensive balance, um, particularly given the rest of their roster. So, I mean, maybe they'll, maybe they're considering it, but I don't think they're going to do it this season. I think this mm. group would have to, this group would certainly have to fail and fail badly for them to seriously think about doing it mid-season or even in the coming off-season. I just don't think it's that likely. Fair
0: enough, fair enough. Um, a bit like, yeah, yeah, they just seem to be stuck in a sort of band of, they're too, you know, too much talent in Dame's too much of a superstar for them to fall mm. too far. But but they just seem incapable of, I, I mean, I thought, I thought when they added Covington last season, that was going to be a pretty helpful piece. And then it's it was sort of hard for them to, utilize Covington to his best abilities when other pieces in the roster were missing because of injury. So,
3: Well, CJ was playing the uh, best basketball of his entire career before he got hurt. And, mm. you know, I I think as well that it's a reality. It's unfortunate, but but it's a reality that there are certain limits on teams like Portland that um, are just always going to be there for smaller market, less glamorous destination teams, right? they're not going to be, they don't have the um, the, the glitter to attract um, free unrestricted free agents, right? Which means their improvement has to come from beneficial trades or the draft. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's like, if they were going to blow it up, what are the moves they make, you know? Mm. It's hard to see, you know, the, a blockbuster move that's going to improve them all that much, given how good they already are. I'd have to be a bit worse I think for it to feel justified. Cuz at the moment they're re- reliably giving their fans a show. They've got they've got one of the best clutch players in the league. Um and they're competitive. They're always competitive. They're not quite good enough to win it all, but they're always competitive. Yeah. I don't know. I'm are look- we, are look-
1: these sorry, are these ratings post-play in tournament?
0: I guess because you know, the playing tournament is just oh well they've just decided to decide some of the spots later in the regular season. So okay, just curious. Whatever it'll be, you know, regular season record. Regular season record, good, good. There just checking. Go. There's, yep. there's your answer. Do so you like like the Pelican or whoever else you've got to jump over Portland or Portland to jump over someone? Oh, I can
1: someone. see Memphis beating Portland in a series. Yeah. How's that?
0: I would be more likely to see it if they still had Jonas, but I'm not getting over that anytime soon. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite players to watch last season, the big, huge, strong European guy who averages like 20 and 13 and grabs man, grabs big, huge physical rebounds and is tough and doesn't get pushed well, around. And, so, you know, so, the okay, throwback so, We'll just we'll miss you. I the stuff. NBA
1: when we were growing up. You mess your rankings up and you just switch around. So the Pelicans play Portland (laughs) and then Jonas can.
0: So my next team after Portland is a team in the number seven spot, who I think I had number seven in my Western Conference preview last season. Um, And that is the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Starting line projected to be Steph Curry, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green and Kevin Looney. They got Clay Thompson coming back to full fitness, hopefully very soon. They've got James Wiseman. They brought back Andre Iguodala, 2015 NBA Finals MVP. <laughs> um, they drafted Kamiga. My question to you, Adam, is: You know, the Warriors finished with the eight seed last season after the regular season, but then got knocked out in through the playing games because they had very clear issues with their with their roster. This roster this year has all the same issues, doesn't it?
1: Mm, I don't. My car I know it's horrible to answer questions with questions um how far away is clay because I feel like if clay's close we've got a very different golden state
0: which which I get, I'm gonna I'm gonna re-up you there oh, and I'm gonna go. see your question and raise you a question this is a game of questions only
1: and we're exactly. underway. um Clay's offense come back before his defense. Do they need his defence before his offence?
2: <laughs> okay, you win.
1: <laughs> and now I am playing um, only. No, um, one player you, you may not have mentioned there, Avery Bradley, a uh, real lockdown defender and will be crucial, crucial to, um, I, I suppose, their their defensive identity sort of being restored in Golden State. We know they can shoot the lights out. We know they are capable of putting up big numbers and that man, Steph Curry can shoot from anywhere on the floor. When Clay's there, it's insane. It's just insane. Like two of the greatest, the two greatest three point shooters of all time on the same team. Like we we live, they live and die by the three and the other splash brother has returned. So a fit Clay means they're they're looking a lot better than they did already last season than last season. But that said, Clay doesn't come back fully. You're you're looking at a whole whole bunch of of other issues where they are they're they're in this uh, this treading water, this holding pattern, this once Clay's right will be right philosophy. So yeah, uh, as long as they can they can get everybody healthy and get out in the court they're kind of just running back their um their old title team with some some new faces to replace some of the old ones it's exciting it's good it's good to see him sort of running it back so to speak with uh igor there
3: yeah look I think they've got um they've upgraded their their defense um Iggy is you know he's still he's another year older um but he's not been a high um he doesn't have a lot of tread on those. Um, hasn't lost a lot of tread on those tires um, because he's been playing in that um, strategic reserve role for quite a while now. Even though he's been, he has he has for long long stretches been good enough to start and start well, but hasn't been starting. Um, so he actually doesn't have the you know the the mileage on those on those legs that other players of his age and and uh, and usage do. Right, he's coming back and he's a pretty good. At minimum, he's a pretty good defender, and he's a pretty good um, offensive player in spots. They've got the mitten, Gary Payton II, um, who's the that is his nickname. Um,
2: <laughs> not quite a glove. Who's um, who's a re-
3: who's a who's a really good uh, defender from that guard position. Um, they've picked up Avery Bradley. Andrew Wiggins is a player that now, believe it or not, gets put on for his defense since last season, right? Wow. A player who a player who used to stand around and watch when the other team was playing offense when he was playing for the T Wolves. Um. So look, and Clay is going to come back. He won't be a hundred percent, but honestly, he doesn't have to be a hundred percent because if his offense comes back first, that is the part that unlocks so much of this team. Wiggins is a serviceable shooter, but he do- he's not the floor spacer that even. A stationary Clay Thompson would be mm. right. Um, Clay's defense probably will come back after his offense, but it doesn't matter. I mean, of course, they'll be better once his defense comes back, but his shooting is what means you can't just collapse on Steph, right? Mm. Last season showed us that even when you do collapse on Steph, he <laughs> still comes back and leads the league in scoring, right? Like, yep, Steph's better than. People, it's like p- people forgot about Steph before having last
1: Clay. Season. Having Clay back makes Steph better. Yeah, well, and more it means, dangerous. Sorry,
3: and it means he can do a lot more and not have to work quite so hard, which means he's going to have some more mileage left later in the season. And that's true even if Clay isn't back until January or something. Um, but I believe he's expected back before that. Um And they've got specialist defenders they can pull in specialist defenders. Mm. They didn't have last season. Um, Honestly, if they've got clay back, they can even afford to have Wiseman who doesn't know where to stand on offense. um, They can even afford to absorb Wiseman in the lineup. He's not going to clog up the floor because they've got the perimeter. So, um, so lethally covered. Um, So strangely enough, the lineup that couldn't afford to have Wiseman in it when it was, you know, curry wiggins green um can afford to have him in it when you put thompson back into that yeah so he unlocks a huge amount and he's going to be back for most of the season he won't be 100 percent, but they don't need him to be and his shooting is going to come back before anything else you'd expect so
0: exciting times i think we all want regardless of how we think they'll go i think we all want the warriors to be exciting and successful because I think it means that the end of the season is going to be more exciting. Yeah. So I was certainly barracking for them in the seven versus eight game last year, um, but they didn't quite get the job done. But <laughs> all's well that ends well. Um, is
1: how I didn't buy it?
0: <laughs> I thought we might have had another breakup in the... Uh, in, you uh, know, the uh. Can you hear me? Um, okay, number <laughs> I'm moving on. Uh, number six is – I've got number six, a team that I've been wanting to, I guess, write down for a long time, and they keep surprising me. So I'm just going to uh, – this time I'm just going to do it again. And that is the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. They're projected where do, where, to...
1: where do they Where did they finish last season, just out of curiosity?
0: Um, Where did they finish? At home against the Clippers, I believe.
1: Ha, <laughs> ha, you got jokes. When yeah. did they finish in the standings before the, the postseason?
0: Number
2: one. Yeah. They, they did it the right, didn't
0: they? Like a game yeah. in front of yeah. uh, the team that basically won the West. Um, <laughs> projected starting line for the Jazz Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bojan Bogdanovich, Royce Odile, and Rudy Gobert. They have one of the best benches in the league. If we just mention two guys, Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingalls, I think finished. Both finished top five in the sixth man of the year, although one of them would have had to be seventh man. Think about it. Uh, They also have Rudy Gay and Hassan Whiteside on their bench uh, this year. My question is for Daniel. Is the success or failure this year of the Utah Jazz all on the shoulders of Donovan Mitchell? As in, do they go as far as... He can take them. Is he the Nick Carter slash Justin
3: Timberlake of this boy band? (laughs) Uh, I think to a significant degree, the answer is yes. He's already one of the best go get me a bucket guys in the league. But he came into the league as a defender, a defensive prospect. His nickname was Spider, and it wasn't because he was a good shooter. Um, One thing I find interesting is that, you know, the... um, uh, the sniffle tower has been given a lot of um, given a lot of stick about being a liability and anachronistic in today's NBA, but I don't think that's true. I think he's a fantastic defensive big, and the only reason that he looks like a liability is because no one else on the team plays defense, and Gobert has to come out and switch onto perimeter players that he can't defend. If mm. they had a if they had some decent perimeter defenders, he wouldn't have to do that. And suddenly, it's not about hunting Gobert on the switch. Um, it's a scary defensive team. They only really need one really good um, uh, primitive defender, and Mitchell had Mitchell was that in college. That's what he was known for. Um, if he can, because he's, he's, you know, he, there's not a lot better he can get on offense. Maybe a little bit, but not a lot. But if he were able to regain some of that ability, he's got long arms, even though he's, you know, not super tall for an off guard. He's got long arms for it. Um, We know he's got the instincts and he's got the background. If he can level up his defense. um, So, yes, the answer to the question is yes. The means by which he can do it, he can improve them, is by leveling up his defense. I think.
0: Adam, true or false? Anyone who's ever played basketball at MSAC or <laughs> your neck of the woods, or thick of the woods in Pakenham, has played against a guy who reminds you of Joe Ingalls? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this is true. There's now, always. You know, I'm one. thinking of a guy who used to play for the Pluggers in the Elwood League, and just uh-huh. like that's Joe, because you forget about him, and they, they just be hitting the dagger three. <laughs> Again, props to Aussie Joe and the, and his performance in the Olympics because that was between him and Mills, they were they were truly the leaders of that team and carried that. And when it wasn't Mills, Mills was off the floor. It was Ingalls and running the show and a lot of heavy liftings. So congrats to those guys for bringing home what is for all Australian basketball fans a much appreciated and long waited for bronze medal. Yeah. So I just want to give out my flowers. To Aussie Joe and all those guys who are just starting to play, open a at MSEC. This forty-five-year-old guy, guy who doesn't look like anything but hits twenty-four points on 11, 3 three-point shooting. In you know, like in a game, you lose. Like, yeah, I should have beaten that guy. Don't worry, because play one day, you'll be that guy. <laughs> it's possible. It is possible. It's to number five we're getting a air now. at number five I've got the Dallas Maverick projected starting lineup of Luka Doncic, Tim Hardaway Jr Dorian Finney-Smith, Chris Stapps, Porzingis and Dwight Powell they have Maxi Kleber Boban Marjanovic Willie Paul stein Jalen Brunson Trey Burke, Frank Nick Nilikina, Josh Green Aussie it's an interesting team. Doncic has just had the Olympic experience, took Slovenia to that bronze medal match where they lost to the Australians, scored 42 points in his first Olympic game, which is an insane amount of points to score in an Olympic game. But then again, Paddy Mills scored 40 points in the bronze medal match. Um, not Making it no less insane. Adam. Yes. Dallas's highest paid player is Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Have we seen the
1: best of that man? As a basketball as an NBA basketballer? Um this is gonna sound really harsh, but um I feel like Porzingis is a case of the horse's already bolted. Um, he's missed it. He's missed his window. I would say the unicorn's already bolted because he was labeled a unicorn early days. Um I don't know. I, I just don't think he's that first-string superstar anymore that people thought he was going to be. Like, he's serviceable, don't get me wrong. Um, and and he will play a role, but highest-paid player on the team won't be for very long. Um, yeah, he's at we, $31.65 million for this season. Yeah, they've probably got the um, the numbers transposed at the moment. It's probably mm-hmm. worth 13 a year, honestly. I, I, I just... I don't know. It's it, uh, I seem very critical tonight. I feel like you've given me all the ones, all the teams that actually know I'm critical of everybody. Let's be real. Um, <laughs> but, but this isn't the Olympic Games, and our friend Luca needs help. I don't think it, Chris Kristaps is that man. Um, and if he is that man, he's going to have to do a lot this season, um, especially to get to your predicted fifth. Because there's some pretty interesting competition there in the West.
0: I'm I'm comfortable. You're comfortable in fifth. Let's just call him that. Lucas' team above of who I've already talked about. I'm 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 pretty comfortable with that. I think I'm I'm confident in Don G- superstar mm. ability, and the fact that he still has room for improvement.
1: Well, just like in the Olympics, the the uh, the Joe Ingalls show, <laughs> which we've just talked about. I think will reign supreme. Um, I, I just I just don't know if he can put it all on his back for a whole season without some serious serious um help. But I mean I mean look, he's proven people wrong. He is a a phenomenal talent, um, Luka Doncic. Uh the question you've posed is Chris Stapps. I don't think he's enough. I really don't think he's enough. I don't think Dallas have done enough to put more around around our friend Luca, um, whether or not that puts too much pressure on this young man's shoulders. And we know they can weather a lot, but putting this kind of weight on a man's shoulders like this early on may break him. That's my concern. That's Fair my up. concern anyway. Um, yeah, Chris Taps is overpaid, but let's hope he gets the job done. Dallas, I don't have rated as fifth, but they're going to be there in some way, shape, or form.
3: Look, I've got them at fifth as well. Daniel, what does, uh,
1: what does Cubes do there?
3: What does your man Cubes do? I, I think there are going to be some changes. I don't know that they're all going to be positive. Um, like, at the end of the day, Chris Haps Porzingis is basically putting up Keith Van Horn numbers, right? Um, and he... He needs the biggest piece that was missing, and I feel like I'm repeating myself because I, I said something similar about Mitchell. Um is that what made um, Porzingis special in New York was that he has that skill set on offense and he could hang with the big guys and play center. He does not have the foot speed to defend modern power forwards who can shoot threes and run around. He can't do that anymore. He's seven three or whatever he is. Um, on offense, mm. he's, a, he's a perimeter player that gives people challenges But on defense, he needs to be able to play center. Now, is he healthy enough to do it? Maybe. I mean, what did he play, 43 games last season? Um, If he can get close to the defensive player he was in New York, he just needs to be um, solid enough to be able to play center. That's, that's, That's really what he needs to get to. If he plays center, then they can play, you know, Powell or Kleber at four. And it's suddenly a much more balanced starting five, all right? And they've got they've got some stuff on the bench. At some point, the penny's going to drop for Luca, and he's going to get in shape to the point where he's not getting so exhausted by the end of games. And that brilliance we get from him will last a bit longer. You've seen it every time he's been in the playoffs, where he hasn't yet won a series. Let's not forget, um, mm. where he is just completely spent by the end of those series. He'll excel, but look at him, look at him through the bulk of the fourth quarter. He's not afraid of the moment. He just doesn't have any gas left. So I think a lot hangs on Porzingis being able to play center. He's listed as forward at the moment, right? But Mm. if he can get back to playing center and doing a reasonable job on defense against centers, that changes that changes a lot about that team. Yep. who they can play with him and what realistic contribution he's offering. Cause at the moment he's not a rim protector, but he has been, and maybe he can be again. And if he can do that, that team gets a lot better. Um, I do wonder about what the, the yeah, we're coaching... not... sorry, go on.
0: I was about to say, we're not talking about an Anthony type situation. We'll, we'll, we'll get to him. Some of yep. the podcast, but um. Where you've got to go six ten or six eleven, and it's like, is he is he a four or five? Where does he want to play? Christopher is like seven foot three. You've got to be able to. He's big enough to play centre. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah.
0: He's and not he even should be playing And he's center not, and he's not
1: quick enough to play the four.
0: Yeah, hmm. but normally kept, being eighty seven inches tall is disqualifying to being quick enough to play on.
3: Modern power forwards. Yeah. And that's the thing. As a center, he's a matchup nightmare for almost every other center in the league, right? They can't defend him. So if he can get to the point where he can defend them a bit, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. I also wonder what sort of effect the coaching change is going to have. They had a guy there who was generally well regarded, but he'd been around for so long that maybe they'd just sort of gotten sick of listening to him. They've got a new guy and the main knock on Jason Kidd as a coach is that he's too authoritarian too. um, uh, but that said, he's got a young generational talent who maybe needs could benefit from a bit of extra direction Mm. Um, and another strong voice in the locker room. And he certainly didn't have it and hasn't had it uh, since um, believe it or not, JJ Brea left lower in the talent, but someone that John Chich listened to, someone who was a really strong vet presence in the locker room, and he hasn't really had that. Maybe having a strong-minded coach will help. Maybe they'll just butt heads and kid won't last long. Mm. Um, But it's a difference, and it's a difference that it might be worth paying some attention to. Lots of things to keep an eye out for with the Dallas Mavericks, and all
0: sorts of circles around Luca. So, that's Mm. why I asked a question about someone else. Um okay, we're in the top four. We're in the top four. I haven't mentioned any of the LA teams. I haven't mentioned my team. So let's go. Let's go. The number four team I have in the Western Conference at the moment is the Los Angeles Lakers. Wrong. Um, where's that mute button? Um reject <laughs> the starting lineup. Russell Westbrook Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, <clears throat> LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. Uh, they also have Kendrick Nunn, Rajon Rondo, Malik Monk, Talon Horde Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, and DeAndre Jordan. I just named 13 guys. Now, Adam, you said you've been really negative so far. You've been critical through the podcast. So we're talking about the Lakers. So my question is to you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: it's a really, really simple. I just read out thirteen guys. We talked about our last podcast, four of which are uh, won gold medals of the twenty twelve Olympic Games
3: in basketball. Will this work? I, I, I can't remember the exact phrase I used to describe this team the last time we talked about it. Something like a mixed bag of Lego bricks from different kits or something. Um. They've made even more moves since I made that comment, and I actually think they've they've answered some of the questions I had. Um, Malik Monk um, actually uh, fills some gaps. Kendrick Nunn means that now Rajon Rondo is probably the third point guard in their rotation, meaning they'll get to save they'll get to save him for um, important moments, which are the only ones he really cares about. Like the playoffs. Well, specifically in the playoffs, yeah. Um, The other thing, and I I think we talked about this last time, um, is that if anyone can get Westbrook, who is one of the most gifted, dumbest players I've ever seen, (laughs) right, (laughs) he plays hard, he cares, he tries really hard, and he will head off at 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction, right? Um, and I just wonder, like playing with one of the best leaders the NBA's ever had, and one of the smartest players, if not the smartest player in the NBA right now, in LeBron James, whether that can sort I, of help drag I, him into line. I, I, I'm just saying. Look, I thought you were going to talk about Dwight Howard.
2: <laughs> well, and that's,
3: and that's and that's the other thing, you know. Dwight Howard will fart and leave the room, and and uh, LeBron James will stop. Russell Westbrook, from murdering him for it. Um, let's not forget that as supremely, and we talked about him in the last pod, right? Um, as supremely talented as Kyrie Irving is, he's, his limitations are in his personality and his way of uh, being in the world. And the one person who was able to get him to play his role and uh, succeed on the highest stage was this guy, LBJ. Westbrook came here because he wanted to come to LA, he wanted to come home. He wouldn't play for the Clips in a pink fit. He said so. He wants to win a championship, hasn't done it yet. And the fact of the matter is that whatever um, Westbrook's shortcomings as a um, a leader and a kind of a personality, he's a supreme athlete even now. He really, really wants it. And he's playing with a guy who has done it before. And he mm. hasn't done that. He hasn't done that before. He hasn't played with, he hasn't played with anyone who's been all the way um, before. And so if he will listen to anyone, it will be LeBron. It may be, we will find out, that actually he will not listen to anyone. <laughs> That's possible. So will it, will it work? It doesn't look like as much of a mismatch now as it did when we last spoke about this. They've got some scoring off the bench. They actually have back another really good center, limited but really good. They've got some scoring off the bench. They've got a few people who can score uh, and initiate their own offense. You know, none's good enough to be has been good enough to be a starter before. Um, you know, um, Malik Monk is good. Taylon Horton Tucker is really good in spurts. Um, still getting there in terms of consistency. Can it work? It can work. Will it work? I don't know. I do not have them first, um, but I have them higher than you do. Fair's fair, Adam. I I don't know why they've got DeAndre Jordan though. Yeah, good point. Because you know, he's going to hit
0: unmute.
1: He's going to hit unmute. (laughs) We're getting the band
0: back together. He's maybe he's Mister Wonderful. I don't know, but they're getting the band back together. They got DeAndre there. Fair's fair, Adam. You have the right of reply.
1: Um, I don't know. I'm About to write a reply. I, I think uh, Dan makes a lot of very, very valid points uh, on the West. <laughs> I like the way Scrub <laughs> on, on 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 the Westbrook side of things. I I do I, I rate Westbrook quite highly on his competitive drive. Um, and I think if if there's any player in the league that has that, and they keep referring to the Mumba mentality. That Kobe Bryant drive, Westbrook embodies that. That man is a workhorse, and pairing him up with LeBron James, I think is going to be exciting. Um, I, I say I think it's going to be exciting. I think we could see Oklahoma City Russell Westbrook again. I, I, I think that's that's got to be the goal if you're going to assemble all of these people. Is these that players that want
0: wins an MVP in a first-round exit, that OKC Russell Westbrook?
1: Yeah, that level, except they didn't have LeBron James on the team. So, anyway. Oh. Or Anthony Davis, for that matter. Oh, he finally got mentioned. It's is excellent. <laughs> you mean the guy that's going to win finals MVP?
0: <laughs> you mean the guy who – I, I, I was waiting for you to go through the whole thing. and just say no one's talked about the most important aspect of whether the Lakers
1: will win no, all this it, championship. It, it, it's Anthony Davis. It, it it is Anthony Davis, and it is for the reasons that you're probably going to touch on. But it's not only him that it applies to. Trevor Ariza is already down with a foot injury. I worry, and my concerns are, and, and the question is, will the roster work? That's dependent on injuries purely, and a lot of these people are old. <laughs> the better use of a term, Anthony Davis is the most injury prone player in the league. Um sorry, no, the most injury prone star in the league. Yeah. He but on his day he is phenomenal. Like you put the this trio together of of Westbrook, LeBron and Anthony Davis and they're all fit and healthy, they're a nightmare.
0: If if you could give me 82 games of Anthony Davis guaranteed. I would have had them number one, and I wouldn't have given it a second thought. I just would have put them in number one. And yep. you would. And to be fair, if it was if it was LeBron, Anthony Davis, and the Orlando Magic roster, and you gave me 82 games of Anthony Davis, I'd probably still have them in the number one. Still have them, have those right two guys there. together.
1: Yeah. Yep. And and this the rest- is the thing. I think the pieces they've got is 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 going to be really exciting. From what we've seen earlier, it looks like. The Lakers have snagged a bargain in Malik Monk. Um, Mm. I was high on him when he got drafted, uh, but he didn't. Obviously, there there wasn't a lot. Um, It was underwhelming, the output in in Charlotte. But uh, I think there's a lot of thought that's gone into this roster when it just seemed like it was anybody that hasn't won a title and wants to jump on LeBron's shoulders, you're welcome to come here and LeBron will put you on ADs (laughs) and we will (laughs) go. Yeah, I, look, I, I think it's going to be. This is what
0: watch. we're going to, but it's going to happen. No one, everyone's going to talk about everyone else on that later roster right up until like at the earliest Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. It's all going to be about oh, is Westbrook fitting in? You know, oh, Carmelo shooting too many twenty footers, or, or you know, Dwight's crazy, or DeAndre can't play, or you know, why has why have we only seen five minutes out of Rondo this season, or why isn't Taylor Horton, Tucker, they can accept. And it's just like, this is really simple. I don't trust Anthony Davis's body. And this, you know, if Anthony Davis plays that series against the Suns, the Lakers win that series if they have a fit Anthony Davis. Yep. And I say that without, that, 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 I don't have to pause to think about that. That's the truth. The reason why the Lakers won the championship of the bubble is because Anthony Davis was healthy for through the bubble. You put Anthony Davis together with LeBron James. And they're he- and and Anthony Davis is healthy. Um, they went. They, they are the they are the favourites to win the title. I just don't trust Anthony Davis's body to get him through the NBA season. I can't, with any confidence, say he's going to be there when the whips are cracking in
1: April, May, and June. And so, sadly, sadly, I um, I I have the tendency to agree on that that point.
0: Yeah. So
1: historically, he he hasn't been there. So crucial points
0: yeah that's that's how I see it and it's you know we have a lot of fun we have a lot of last with you Adam and all that sort of mm. thing and obviously the Westbrook and everything like that but it's just like we're gonna well, be talking least, about as every... long as I didn't
1: get any West bricks that's yeah yeah
3: um the next the next movie that LeBron James is filming with his teammates is the remake of cocoon I think this oh. is <laughs> Oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, now it's there. Now so we've it's just on. gone back. We've gone even further from a boy band reference from like the late <laughs> 90s. Now we're talking it's Wilford 80s. Brimley in like 1986. You know, Wilfred Brimley. It's due for a remake. It's due for a remake. for a remake. It, it, is coon. it is due. It is overdue. Wilfred Wilford Brimley, when he made Cocoon, is like younger than Tom Cruise, is now making the next two Mission Impossible films.
3: <laughs> the, just saying. Yeah, but he um, doesn't have the diabetes. <laughs> no.
1: So if you've got the Lakers in four, that
3: means
0: still,
1: oh you still catch
0: that if you drink too much Coca Cola out of aluminum can. Um. That, that's that's the entirety of my American listenership just gone. Uh, <laughs> um. I do have some. I do have some people in America. I don't know who they are, but you know, hi guys, and I hope. Um, I hope uh, you're having a wonderful time over there. <clears throat> Number three is my Phoenix Suns. Uh, projected starting line, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton, which was the starting line from last season. They have brought in Javar McGee and Landry Schammett and Alfred Payton. Uh, and they also have Cameron Payne, Cameron Johnson, who had a bit of a coming out party in the playoffs. Um, they've still got Frank to take himself, Frank Kaminsky. Um, Dario Saric, who is currently recovering from the injury suffered in the finals. Um, just added, but didn't subtract. But a bit of news today about the format number one draft picks. My question to you, Adam, mm. is that considering today's news that Phoenix are reluctant to offer DeAndre Ayton a max contract extension, my question to you is should Phoenix offer DeAndre Ayton a max contract extension?
1: Um, if they don't offer him a max contract extension, they should offer something bloody close. Um, and Zach Lowe
3: calls it the fun max. The fun max.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Get low. It's um. Now look, the 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 way they spent they've spent their money has been interesting, but Aiton was a big, big, big factor last year, last season. Which is actually this year, but whatever. Um, I, I just, do you see him just going? I oh,
0: know. Apparently, he's pretty upset that he that they're not offering him. He he thinks it's a, it's like I'm not taking anything less than the max. So, I
1: mean, no
0: I think one it, roots for. Front I think off this and- is.
1: I think this is going to be. This could potentially be bad for Phoenix. Yeah, but no one roots for front offices. No,
0: no one turns up to a basketball game with a with a jersey with the name of the GM on the back of the shirt, uh, unless Matt, there probably was someone in Houston who had a Maurice Singlet. But anyway, that, that's 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 an exception to the rule. Um, but, Paul's, right, on so... a contract, Paul's on a contract that pays him less next season than this season, and next uh, season after that. So that's diminishing. Yeah. and the salary cap will be going in the opposite direction. And um, they can afford it, is what you're saying. But it doesn't matter if they can afford it or not, because they're in the NBA, where everybody affords it. Unless you find a way to afford it, and you don't you want find to pay a tax. way to afford yeah. it, or you find a way to do what the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Orlando Magic are doing. And trust me, we've done that in Phoenix, and that's why we dropped. That's how we got eight. You
2: guys dragon that one,
0: but anyway. We were two wins away from an NBA championship last season. You've got a you've got a a period which is re, which is finite where you've got Chris Paul, yeah, and you've got this team that's sort of uniquely built to be operated by Chris Paul.
1: Um, well, the question is: by the time Chris Paul's done, is this group going to be sufficient enough to operate without Chris Paul? They need oh, to get no, better without find, him. By that stage, you hopefully find
0: someone who's like 75% of that.
1: Fair, fair, or fair.
0: You can add other pieces, but you're not going to have the other pieces on your team Yeah. are uh, we're, we're I guess we're,
1: we're getting up the question. The, the question max. is Aiden. Yeah, if they the don't pay the Aiden the max, they're idiots.
0: Yeah, if Aiden gets Max, they'll still be paying their best three players something like 30 million dollars less total than mm-hmm. the Lakers pay their best three players. Correct. So the Lakers don't have any qualms. Obviously, the Lakers are playing a market and have a water base, which means that they just that their organization is on a literal river of money. But this is yeah. this is a no brainer. This, this you this is the answer. to That question is the Teddy KGB answer. Uh, pay him pay that man his money.
1: Yeah. Do you know that Do you know what the sad answer is yeah. though? Look what he did to Denver in that series, and then any time,
0: you know, the Clippers had to change the whole way they went about that series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You the know, Paul or Booker, they you know Booker was playing the, the 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 way they were playing Booker at the end of that series was playing A, which was always Pat Bev. You know. Yeah. Provide that until he stabs you in the heart. But they had to change everything they did a bit when when they got to the line of scrimmage
1: and they saw what Aiden was doing from like eighteen feet.
2: I Yeah. I still,
1: look, I still think Phoenix are gonna get to, to crunch time and they're not gonna give him the max. Yeah, they've got eleven days. They're gonna piss him right off. He's well, gonna be so angry.
3: They've got, got eleven days and then they won't be able to do it. Correct. Well they, they've got They've got eleven days, and then he is committed to becoming a restricted free agent after the season, and he's going to be yep. playing that with his with that over his head the whole season. Look, yep. people had concerns that Sava wouldn't pay to keep c p three and hmm. that you know that wasn't going to happen. and he surprised many by he yeah, d- by going, he's in... going to get a
1: vet minimum for the Lakers. I mean. <laughs>
3: They yeah. surprised many... Having
1: said that,
0: CP3 CP made it easier to re-sign him than he could have. Yeah. So mm. it was, you know, at the stage of Paul's in his career, he realises how close he is one thing that's missing on his resume. He has enough money and it's not like he's paying for peanuts. So there was a little bit of give and, a, and it was a mature decision on all sides. This is... Sure. This is... The Aiton thing is not a mature decision on all sides.
3: Uh, yeah. Aiton... He's what twenty three, and he was that yeah. good in those playoffs. Like it's yeah. crazy to not offer him, to not offer him the max.
0: Yeah, um, and here's the money. Here's the scariest thought: as a Phoenix fan, Devin Booker is a Kentucky guy, and he is a very good friend on another Western Conference team. Mm. And the scariest thought as a Phoenix fan is that the next the next twelve days go. Go through and Aiton doesn't sign this. You know, does isn't offered the supermax and doesn't sign the extension for whatever is offered to him.
3: Well, he's not eligible for the supermax,
0: or whatever. The, sorry, the max, the max contract, max
2: contract extension, max yeah,
0: rookie, rookie max. max. He's yeah. not getting So that. Was a I misspoke? Then the wheel cogs start going around in the Phoenix front office's head about well, we're going to lose him for nothing. We have to get something, and they trade him for Ben Simmons. No, <laughs> and they trade him. And someone like Crowder, or, or some way to make the salaries work, they trade it for Carl Anthony Towns, who played oh, wow. with Booker on col- in college.
1: Are yeah. you excited about getting DeAndre Ayton, Dan?
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't be getting DeAndre Ayton. They'd be chip on his shoulder, DeAndre Ayton. We wouldn't be getting chip on his shoulder, Carl Anthony Towns, because that guy is a figment of your imagination. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. oh, how the table! Having sticks, said that, so I think
0: Saber's good. I think, yeah, I think Saber's going to cave in the next eleven days. I if think the right. option.
1: But look, he's done some they stupid stuff wrong. before. I I remember when minutes. Phoenix had three or four point guards and traded all of them? Yeah,
0: that was that wasn't that was the most stupid thing they've done
1: in the twenty first
0: century. They traded the rights to Rondo as a rookie for cash. Which is another way of saying they traded him for some beans.
2: <laughs> Magic
0: beans. <laughs> Look. For $2 million. I know. Come on, you own an NBA team. It's what you keep in your wallet.
3: Look, here's the thing, right? You're of an NBA team. Here's the thing. Aiton aside, if they're able to kind of, if they're able to keep that group together, they actually plugged... They made some quite good strategic additions as well during the offseason, right? One of the things that showed up in the playoffs and cost them, probably, to some degree, was the fact that they were very thin after Aiton at that position, particularly on defense. And They yeah. picked up mm-hmm. JaVale McGee, who's a, you know, a great 20-ish minute-a-game defensive center, right? Mm-hmm. They've also, given that campaign Payne had his moments of brilliance and mo- moments of execrable play, they've picked up a, a stable, you know, average, um, average sort of has-been-a-starter NBA point guard in Alfred Payton as well, right? They've plugged some of those holes. So Payne's having a bad night. They've actually got someone who's steadier they can bring in. Doesn't have his high highs, but doesn't have his low lows either. Um so that you know they have made a couple of moves outside of their impressive starting lineup if they're able to keep keep Aiton and not annoy him too much um and kind of keep that core cool group that went to the M- went to the NBA finals together um you know I think they're going to do extremely well in the regular season um time will tell the other thing the other question I have with the team is whether Booker can take the next step. His his highs are high, um, but he doesn't he he's, hasn't been so far able to do it every night, and that's really the next step for him, right? Being mm. able to, to be Devin Booker every night rather than two out of three or one out of two, um, and if he can do that, that will improve their entire team a notch, I think. Particularly hmm. when it really comes most. Hopefully, one day, Daniel,
0: you'll be able to talk about Anthony Edwards and Kobe Bryant in the same breath. <laughs> but <laughs> right now, for now, it's just going to be the the two other guys in the pod talking about players on their own team. Adam mentioned the
3: momentality. and you just did talk West about Kobe Bright and Anthony Edwards in the same breath. Yeah, yeah,
0: Andrew. I'm getting to it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I did. <laughs> So I did, but in fact, the guy in the NBA who gets most readily compared to Kobe is Devin Booker. This is Just in true in terms of the mentality and that I want to be the next? You know, I, that's that's the that's the role model for me and all that sort of thing. So, but also mm-hmm. where where and how? I, he gets I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried about Booker. I wouldn't be worried about he's got, Booker. He's got Paul with him. He's he's you know he's already signed his contract. I'm not pressed about that. I'll be worried on the 19th of October if we haven't re signed Ayton. But yeah. I think that'll happen because I think, I think, I honestly think James Jones is a pretty good operator and he'll be like, going upstairs and saying, there's no choice here. There's,
1: yeah, you know, it's a lay down Mizzette. It won't you, look bad for me
0: because I built this roster and if it goes bad for me, I'll just walk into another GM spot somewhere else. But the fans in Phoenix will never, ever forgive you, Robert Sarver, if you don't pony up the dough. It's all on Sarver, and he's just going to cut that check. For a legitimate Mm -hmm. number one draft pick. Yeah, a legitimate number one draft pick who got to the NBA Finals before other members of his draft cohort, Trey Young and Luka Doncic, and exceeded expectations. Um, And played the league MVP to a standstill. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. the most important player in that Denver series. Uh Jokic could not find a way to cope with him. And yeah, it's just it's insanity. So as a long-suffering except for a glorious 4-week period last earlier this year, long-suffering Suns fan, we just want we've got a chance to win a title. We could, you know, we're one step away and we proved that last season. Just keep them together. Keep,
2: keep, no, blow eight, it up,
0: blow it up, and book it together as long as Chris Paul is Chris Paul or a very close fac- fac- facsimile of Chris Paul. Yeah, please, please. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to move on because we're, we're not making bad time. We've only got two teams left to talk about. One of them is from LA, and I'm going to talk about it now. It's the LA Clippers. Um, Projected you, you, starting lineup you've got them a bit higher than I do Reggie Jackson, hey. Eric Bledsoe. Is now on their Clipper team. Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Ivica Zubac. They've got Terence Mann, who was sort of a revelation for them late in the season. Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum, Serge Ibaka on the bench and currently injured, and we don't know when he's going to return. Kawhi Leonard. They were the second-best team in the West last year. They lost the conference finals. That's usually a good indication of the second-best team. That's why I've got them number two this year, Paul George's team. Adam, you said you've been critical right throughout this podcast, right?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm not biting. I'm not biting.
0: <laughs> so my questions to you, Daniel. <laughs> um, it was such a good gag. I just had to rewear it. I had to redo it. Is Bledsoe replacing Pep Bev an improvement? Is it? Is it? Is it, is it you know, I, I. There are big question marks over Bledsoe the last couple of years. Milwaukee basically drove him to the airport, and then, the you know he was nowhere near the player he was when he was at his peak. I guess in Milwaukee and before that, in Phoenix when um he was in New Orleans, he was like he wanted to get out of there and sort of chose not to perform. Do we get the best version of Eric
3: Bledsoe in LA? If not, is he an upgrade on Pat Beth? No, I don't think he is an upgrade. Um, I mean. The fact is that he's he's not he's not a starter anymore. He's not good enough to be a starter, and he, in terms of like um, the, he's stepping into the shoes of the most important player on the team, who's out injured and is going to miss the whole season. So no, he's a liability, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's not starting for all that long. Um, I think there are some um, there are some other players on that roster who. We'll probably do a better job than him in a starting spot. Um, I think one of the big reasons I have them lower than you do is because I don't, I don't trust his contribution. Um, I think he's, you know, at, at, I think he's kind of fallen off a cliff, and I'm not convinced he's going to be substantially better here. And that makes him um, a, a big drop after. Um, uh, after you know, given that they're going to be missing Kawhi, sure it's Paul George's team now, but that just makes them um, moderately deep team um, without a good starting uh, starting two guard um, and one star, um, and they lack balance now. Um, they're not, you know, they lack defensive identity. This is a team that until Kawhi. Um, uh, Updated his firmware was completely helpless against um, completely helpless against the Mavs and particular well they were helpless against Luka Doncic. Mm. Um, I I it's one of the reasons I can't put this team ahead of um, the Mavs actually. Um, and while I think it has become Paul George's team to a significant degree, I don't think they're good enough to be two. Honestly, I don't think they're going to get there. Um, Reggie Jackson was an important player for them last season. And I think he'll continue to be, particularly given they're losing um, Kawhi's scoring. But, and, you know, Ibaka's injured at the moment too, isn't he? Um, not that Zubac is a scrub, but, you know, they're, they're somewhat stronger with Ibaka in the lineup. Um, he's got uh, range in addition to being good, um, a good kind of big defensive big. But yeah, I think they're gonna struggle. Um and I'm I don't have any particular faith in Bledsoe at this at this stage in his career. Um yeah. I'd I have more faith in Batum, who I could see potentially ending up moving into the starting lineup with George shifting around. George and Batum maybe shifting around to different positions, something like that. I think that's the probably the best five they, they field. Um, but
0: I I I I'm not as dead on their depth as I I think. But... Um, and I think they discovered some depth last season that we didn't think they had. I think we all, we'd we all written off Batum and he was a lot better than I think we expected him after sort mm. of not performing in Charlotte, not giving them what they paid for. Let me put it that way. And the Clippers aren't paying nearly as much for Batum as the Hornets did. Terrence Mann,
1: aren't the behind the Hornets still um, paying him? Where were you when the Terrence Mann game happened? Sorry.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't
0: remember. Adam Yes sir Clippers have a whole bunch of people Paid, paid between 9.5 and 18.5 million dollars Do you know where this is going This question <laughs> <laughs> Send him Eric Send him. Bledsoe, Marcus Morris Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Morris And Nicholas Batum For Ben Simmons This is the, This is the last fake Ben Simmons trade
1: all right, I'm going to throw this to Dan just quickly. <laughs> is Ben Simmons an upgrade on Pat Beth?
3: <laughs> yes. <laughs> All
1: right, let's get it done. Let's get it
0: done because I want to see the, really the. Kool-Aid. Pat Beth plays for Daniel's team.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's got it. That's got it. That's got to hurt. I think a lot of
0: we don't know when Kawhi's coming back, but I just, I think I actually want to give the Clippers some credit and I think they'll build on a little bit of what happened last season. They got through a, they became, they finally got to the conference finals. So I think there was a little bit of, and I, you know, I watched pretty much all of that Clippers Sun series. That was, that was, that was uncomfortable until about when Beverly got ejected in game six. Mm. That was, The Clippers were not a team where you thought, you know, there was a there was a point in the Denver series where I was I started to relax um, as a Suns fan, which is you know not our default position. Um, But the Clippers series was a proper NBA playoff series.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, maybe because I watched quite a lot of them when they were probably playing their best basketball, probably ever, really. But certainly the the best you know, the, the, where the Venn diagram between best basketball and most meaningful basketball was the closest to a circle um, ever. So I sort of, I sort of gave them a respect and we had a, we, we had some chatting in our chat groups about, you, know, you mm. know, this isn't the Clippers of your childhood and then, you know, they made a meal at the end of game too and I was like, this is the Clippers. Oh, of wait, me. it
1: is the Clippers. <laughs> was that the Aiton game with the...
0: Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the Aiton game, which was... Oh, that was so good. Yeah. I'm yeah. Today I was going to do a podcast about that. That, part, that was just incredible, and I, you know, but
2: um, that was great. Yeah,
0: they've got my respect, and that's why I rate. I probably rate them higher than some people. I, I, you know, they've got they've had enough credit over the last few years without really delivering. But it came as close to delivering or delivered as much as they ever have last year.
1: Yeah, which made it so, so good really when interested. they sucked eggs and lost. Sorry,
0: give them a bit of respect. Um, if you've been slowly marking off the teams on your list of Western Conference teams, you would have realized I haven't mentioned one. So I've got the number one spot, and that is the Denver Nuggets. I don't know if they've ever been the one seed, but that's who I've got as the number one seed this year in the Western Conference. Their projected starting lineup is Facundo Cabazzo, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. They've got Jeff Green and Jermichael Green. Two greens coming at you. Like, you know, 16 more greens and they'd have a golf course. Austin Rivers, Monte Mor- Morris, they've got bowl, um, And they have at some stage in, during the season, Jamal Murray coming back. This looks, you know, this looks like a scary proposition considering who I'm about to put all the pressure on as much as a podcaster from Australia could put a pressure on a guy who earns millions of dollars but (laughs) Adam in 2021 22 will Michael Porter Jr. be the most important player in the league in terms of the impact he'll have on who wins the championship the difference maker look at some of his numbers in terms of what he's been able to do at his age and despite the fact he seems to have this sort of he's a bit Rodney Jangerfield is. It seems like he doesn't get any respect, but you know he shot like forty-one percent from three last year on like six attempts at his age at his size. Hmm. Murray Barton Porter, most
1: important on the Denver roster on Denver's season or the league. Well, I think because I think we've Portigou established I think that think is about to make the leap, and I think that's
0: why they're a real chance, they're more of a chance than they have been the last few years to win the NBA championship.
1: But we've already said that if Anthony Davis is healthy, the Lakers win it. Yes. Yeah. So that would make Anthony Davis much more important. Both player. Fair enough. Do <laughs> you see what I'm getting um, at, Dan? But I see.
0: I just want to give some respect to Porter Jr. because he's the he's the piece that could put Denver over the top. Are you they have put, the MVP.
1: I mean, he's not the glue Dan? guy. He's just That'd that be, X factor. I know, but
0: LeBron James. No, 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 sorry, just,
1: you're phrasing it. He is the X factor on the Nuggets. He, he is I mean, the make or break. He is yeah, the makes them it, or breaks them. In
0: terms of a guy who's an X factor, I think he might be the biggest one and the most significant one in the league. Okay. So I'm not sure I would describe Anthony Davis as an X factor, although I guess if you think if he's fit, you know, maybe his fitness is the is is the biggest X factor. He's like a, a, a a factor is oh, No, no,
1: I'm just, I'm just trying to contextualize what, yeah. what, what, we're framing for, yeah. for Porter Jr. right now. But Jokic is the glue guy, you know, the reigning MVP as well. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I think Murray coming yeah. back is going to be Yeah, I, yeah. I actually think they, they would require Murray to get over the top. I don't think they can do it without
1: Murray. I think, I think Porter Jr. has got to take another step up, and I think Murray's got to come back strong.
0: Um, but Murray has proven playoff reps. Correct. That's why they need. That's why they need higher reputation. Is in the playoffs Mm. rather than he is a. You know his um. His career regular season numbers. He's not
1: James Harden, who's a Andre Miller season guy.
3: Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Michael Porter Jr. is a supremely talented offensive scoring forward like he's really good he's this is the potential people saw before he he dropped in the draft and he only dropped because people were concerned about his health Mm. um he's now been mostly healthy for a while um although i know he's currently listed as out let me just check he's got a a knee injury at the moment i don't think it's serious though but look One of, the, one of the things that gives me some pause about MPJ is he can't create his own shot. He's, he's poor at some of that uh, kind of in-between in, in, between game, um, in, in between game things. He benefits more than anyone else does from playing with a passer of Jokic's caliber. Um, but it does slow things down. If people are blocking off passing lanes from Jokic, Porter Jr. can't create his own shot. It's a gap in his game. And it's a problem that will uh, continue until he closes that gap, which is not something he can do in one off season, probably. Um, He's a great catch and shoot player. He's even not a bad pull up and shoot player. Um, And he's got, you know, he can hit from wherever he needs to hit from, but he can't create those offensive opportunities without help. Um, So he'll be good. He'll he'll break 20 points a game this season. I'm pretty sure. Um, might even, might even get, get close to, you know, mid, uh, mid 20s mm-hmm. a game this season. Um, given that Murray's not going to be scoring any points because he's not going to be playing this season, but I don't think so that, you know, I guess that represents sort of elite, but I don't think he'll be good enough to, um, to get them past the conference finals. Um, and maybe not even to them. I'm not sure that there's enough. Um, yeah, I think with Murray, they're close to the best team in the Western Conference. Um, but without him, you know, they will sorely feel that loss because it, he he gives them a second person who can create shots both for himself and others. Yeah. Um, and they miss it a lot without him. Um, I think we come... all
0: expect him to be back though at some stage this season. It's a question of
3: what version of Jamal Murray, we get. Didn't he? Back didn't he? Didn't he, Didn't he do his ACL? Or am I making that up? Yeah. Okay. I
0: mean, he did, but that would be. Yeah,
2: we. will get
0: next year, but. Mm. But before the season ends, I would think.
2: Yeah, he'll be
1: back this season.
0: Yeah. But but then. They have a competent, career backup point guard there in Bonds.
3: Mont- Morris. I definitely don't think they'll be bad. I think they'll be really mm. good. I just don't think they're gonna um I don't think they're gonna snag the top seed without a significant amount of um back close to his close to himself, Jamal Murray as well. Mm. we have also got to get a
0: little bit more out right of on Aaron Gordon than they did last season, because there was points in particularly in that last playoff series where um he was anonymous. Mm. So well,
3: He's underrated. Going to find a way to contribute. Underrated injury loss of the season was they were missed. They were missing Will Barton too, and they were noticing that loss. Okay, well,
0: we've got through in just under two hours. We did the Western Conference faster than the Eastern Conference, unless we want to talk twenty more minutes, minutes. I think <laughs> it. So it is time to get everybody's uh, on the record for their. Predictions for the Western Conference have to go for like finals predictions and an MVP speculative name. Um, so, just recapping my order, which we've already gone through: fifteenth, OKC; fourteenth, Houston; thirteenth, Timberwolves; twelfth, the Spurs; eleventh, Sacramento; ten, the Pelicans; nine, Memphis; eight, Portland; seven, Golden State; six, Utah; five, Dallas; four, Lakers; three, the Suns; two, the Clippers; and one. 1- Denver Nuggets.
1: Adam, who did you have? In what order? Okay, this is going to be a little bit different but you'll see some similarities, I guess. Uh, In number 15, I have the Houston Rockets. Number 14, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Number 13, I have the San Antonio Spurs. Number 12, I have OKC. Number 11, I have Sacramento, which I think is the first time we've agreed in the bottom bit. Yep.
2: (laughs) Yep.
1: Um, In 10th spot, I have the New Orleans Pelicans. And in the ninth spot, I have the Portland Trail Blazers, which means I now have an eight that is made up of the Memphis Grizzlies. In eight, the Dallas Mavericks in seven, the Golden State Warriors in six, the Los Angeles Clippers in fifth, the Utah Jazz in fourth, the Denver Nuggets in third, the Phoenix Suns in second, and my Los Angeles Lakers taking the number one seed into the playoffs. Very hungry to get another championship in number one, <clears throat> okay, very good, very good. Well, you had you had my team higher than I had. Did I did. I also so, had my team higher than you had my team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the clip is where they belong.
3: Yep. Okay. So in fifteenth, I've got. Yep. Uh, have OKC. you got?
1: Have you got your team
3: lower? No, you've <laughs> got okay. See, okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, in fourteen, I've got the Rockets. Uh, Thirteen, yep. I've got the T Wolves. Uh twelve I've got the Kings. Eleventh I've got San Antonio. Uh tenth I've got the Pels. Uh ninth I've got the Grizzlies. Pelicans in tenth. Yeah, ninth I've got the Grizzlies, which means my eight are the Portland Trailblazers in eight, the Warriors in seven, uh the Clippers in sixth. I think I've got them the lowest out of any Mm, of us. I like that. The yep. Mavs in fifth, the Jazz in fourth, uh, the Nuggets in third, the Lakers in second, and the Suns in first. Because this is not a power ranking. This is a regular season seeding.
2: Yep. Ooh.
0: Excellent. No worry. So let's go backwards. We just asked Daniel. So I'll just put quickly there, Daniel, um, quick. NBA finals and MVP
3: winner. Oh, off the top of your head. Well, I it'll have to be. <laughs> um, so what would you say finals and finals MVP? No, finals and regular season MVP. Just just to
0: just a speculative name.
3: Mm. Ah. Uh, hmm. Okay. Uh so f- let me see. Um, I, based on my seedings, I, I actually like, uh, Lakers and Suns for the West, Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, I think if the Lakers have it together enough to get to the Western Conference Finals, they'll win them because it means that AD is healthy. Um, and I think the East is going to end up being Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Um, if they're fully healthy uh, and present, Brooklyn will win it, uh, and they'll they'll beat the Lakers in the finals. Yep. And regular season MVP. And just to.
0: Yeah, speculative MVP prediction.
3: Yep, um, I I think he'll be good enough to get it, but I don't think anyone will. I don't think enough people will vote for him. I think Giannis is going to be awesome this season. Um, I think it's more likely that the that the person who wins MVP is going to end up being. Ah, mm, oh, screw it, Luka Doncic. Luca, Adam.
1: I was going to say Luca. Now I'm going to be different. <laughs> Final four. Final uh, four. I'm going to be really boring because I do think yep. I do think one and two in the West and in the East are going to um, go away. So that is the Nets, Bucks, and Lakers, Suns. I was going to say Lakers, Golden State. <laughs> Sneaky coming up from sixth. But let's be real. The, uh, I think let let's let it play out this way. Uh, season MVP, however, since uh, Dan's taken it out on on Luca, I'm going to be different. I'm going to I'm going to say Steph Curry is going to win another MVP because Clay's back.
0: Who would you have in the NBA finals? You had your final four. Who was coming out of the Nets, Nets, yeah. Nets Lakers? Nets Lakers.
1: Yeah, Nets Lakers. Lakers winning
0: six. Lakers. Lakers winning it all. I'm pushing my chips in the middle of the table here. So Western Conference Finals will be Denver Phoenix with the Suns winning. Eastern Conference Finals, I have exactly the same as everyone else. That's Brooklyn, Milwaukee. And I've got the same team winning, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and I've got Brooklyn winning the title with Phoenix. Okay, final shoot again. Um, and my MVP is a man who will play, do exactly what he did last season in every mm. respect except one. And that is, he'll play this season, he'll play enough games to win it. And that's well embedded. Mm. Oh, yeah, man. not a bad pick. Yeah. We'll pick different MVPs and not so much Eastern Conference finalists. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's everything you it. need to about the NBA season. You now no longer need to watch any of the games. You have all the information you write, need right there, and somehow we did the Western Conference quicker than the Eastern Conference. So, um, we'll catch up sometime, probably because, before Christmas. To talk ben, about
3: yeah? It's because Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving don't play in the West. That's why we took longer. We
1: actually, we, we, we. This yeah. is the first time you've mentioned
3: Kyrie. We've
1: mentioned Ben Simmons three times already. On yeah,
3: this. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only three.
1: Maybe, I thought that was maybe just maybe.
0: when I was talking about the Clippers. <laughs> um, I,
1: I do think it makes sense to send him to the Clippers, to be honest. Yeah, because you are...
2: I want, want to see the them big the explode. All the time. I
1: want them to just... <laughs> anyway, anyway. But yes, what... Uh, anyway, is the pleasure. The Christmas games, what, the ten twenty game, Mark? Are we going to touch base?
0: Yeah, about that. Well, sometime in mid-December, we'll get together and have a rick. Sounds going on, and sounds like a plan. To see how predictions right, are going and how wrong they are on a scale of nine to ten. How injured Anthony Davis has um, been. <laughs> but we I don't really want that to happen. If, if Luca Doncic gets a like,
1: shoulder injury, I'm going to say hurt. I was right. By the way,
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Adam, Daniel, thanks for joining us. Thanks for contributing. It's been Real pleasure doing the last couple of previews with you and the first time we've done the previews there's three of us, so I appreciate it. Thanks guys. Pleasure as always. Pleasure. We've got we've got next week, we've got hopefully well it is intended that we'll have AFL trade chat like reacts uh, a pod next week. So keep it and in here. They're coming thick and fast. We will have a cricket pod coming for you very soon. Um, and we might have to get uh, the uh, my back for some soccer chat. So, plenty happening in the world of sport.
2: Thanks for listening in, and we will catch you next time on Get You Go That Say.